You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Every week and usually on a Tuesday, I speak to independent financial advisor Joe Ann Bainham. Joe, we're getting close to the event, which was the main event, but now seems to not have been pushed aside, but certainly has lessened in importance compared to, for example, the stimulus package. Of course, I'm talking about the US presidential election. Maybe we could start with that to get the bad stuff out of the way first. Out of the bad side, out of the way. Well, the market's telling you currently Biden is odds on favorite to win. So is that the bad side? It's that bad news. Um, though, interesting enough, I saw quite a few comments from people on Twitter yesterday saying a lot of people are saying that they actually must support Trump now. So I think, well, we won't actually know until the final results come in as who's going to win. But, but certainly the betting odds are telling you it's Biden right now. Yes, it was the same thing prevailing four years ago with Hillary Clinton. I think, in fact, there was a survey in the New York Times a couple of days before the actual event. And I think of the pundits that they that they surveyed 93 said Clinton 7 said Trump and if you uh, there's a show out at the moment called the Trump show which I urge you to watch and you can see his face at Trump Tower at four in the morning or whatever time it was in the United States and you see his face when he realizes he's going to win it's completely deadpan you thought oh my goodness me what have I done (laughs) but you know Lindsay I actually remember that I remember the shock on his face like he didn't think this was ever going to happen. But then why is he running a second time? Uh, because of Obama, it's very understand. simple. Because, because of, his, of his, his pathological hatred for Obama. He doesn't want to be seen as a one-term president because Obama was a two-term president. It's very, very ah. simple. Okay, well, you say so. But, I mean, it is, I'm incredulous he wants to do this. I mean, you'd think, given his age and given how rich he is, or supposedly how rich he is, Mm. I'm amazed he wants to continue. But there we have it. Um, Anyhow, there was one interesting thing I saw yesterday on people giving their comments on the elections. And could this election come down to the president who supports COVID restrictions and the president who doesn't, or the candidate, sorry? Because at the moment, um, people are saying that Trump is saying, I'll let you get on with your lives. So so it's a vote for Trump saying, we don't want to restrict economies. We don't want to go into lockdowns. We want to get life back to normal again. I don't know. It's just a thought. Uh, I wonder if that could become something people think about. So many different subjects will come to the fore. I'm sure there's a few rabbits and a few hats lying around in the in the Trump administration. They're going to pull something out, just like they did when Stormy Daniels came to the fore just before the 2016 election. And then Mr. Trump just completely trumped um, Clinton by having accusers of Bill Clinton. There was one, there were, I think, four women, two on either side, Trump in the middle, press conference, um, hastily convened, and uh, the woman to his right said, Bill Clinton raped me and gave all the details of when it was, and all the women went again. And that was it. Stormy Daniels was over as an issue. Clinton then took all the flack for his sexual misdeeds or alleged sexual misdeeds. Yes. So Trump, don't underestimate him, but I, do, I personally think it's going to be a mini landslide for Biden. Well, I think you're probably right. And like I said, that's what the markets are currently saying. I think I'll give you some stats here. Uh, apparently, this thing called 538s, I don't know who they are, some betting odds company, say their model now stands a campaign high of 88%. Well, the <laughs> Democrats' odds of controlling the Senate are 74%. I think the controlling the Senate party is even more interesting. Yes. Because you might, because you remember the Democrats control the House. So they control the Senate, you get a clean sweep, and suddenly a lot of uh, changes can actually go through. So very interesting days ahead. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Biden means for markets, because I think he's definitely want to do increased taxes. Somebody has to pay 
for all this deficit spending because it's getting rather large. Yeah, there was another thing, and I'd like your opinion on this. I was reading um, the FT over the weekend, and there was a good article about the cost of borrowing. And also, this was reinforced by Janet Yellen yesterday when she said, we realise now we can borrow more than we thought we could. And it's because there's... There's zero interest rate. So the cost of funding these deficits is, is nothing. So you can just keep on borrowing because it's easily serviceable. It's, that's, the sim, that's the simple sort of headline. Uh, but beneath that, there's a lot of truth, I think. It's just so hard. I think this is the thing that markets are grappling with more than anything else. Can you just keep printing money and can there be no inflation? Because the only reason to keep interest rates so low is because there's no inflation, Correct. But yes. arguably, when you print more money than there are goods around, we're supposed to get inflation, yet we haven't. Is tech such a disrupting force? Is aging demographics so huge? And is that the reason we don't see inflation in the world today? It's a massive conundrum. I mean, I, I saw the comment from Yellen saying, yes, we could have more debt. And, you know, back to your earlier point, Lindsay, you were saying about, I think, today's D-Day, tonight's D-Day for the fiscal spending or the increased fiscal spending – I mean, the, the Republicans are saying 500 billion, and as the, I think the Democrats are saying 2 trillion. Are these the numbers we're talking about? I mean, they're just unbelievable how big these numbers are. Mm. And, you know, you kind of think you're reading a fairy tale these days when you look at some of these numbers. Surely at some point, <laughs> this money has to be inflationary. But right now, we're not seeing it. So no. right now, you can, you can find a deficit because of zero interest rates. Yeah, the inflation genie has been uh, threatening to get out of the bottle ever since the quantitative easing went up a notch after the global financial crisis. But it never, never appears. It never appears, Joanne. And um, well, I, I can't see it ha happening. Maybe one day we'll wake up and it'll suddenly have jumped to 3.2% in the United States of America, which is incidentally where it is in South Africa at the moment. But I just can't see it. The thing is, what is slightly different this time around than, say, 08 and when all this money printing started is that there's huge fiscal spending this time around and there wasn't that time around. So maybe that's going to be the tipping point because governments are not known for being very good at spending money and they tend to put it into projects that never, that never work. So you have a lot of bad capital going into bad projects. So potentially we could have inflation through this massive fiscal spending, but we'll see. I mean, as you point out, Lindsay, we still haven't got inflation. Um, that's what I think all the desperate value investors out there are desperate for is some inflation because then you could see a move away from sort of growth or long-term duration assets into value companies. But until that happens, it's hard to see the value doing well. Okay. On that note, what are we doing at the moment? What are you doing at the moment? What are you advising your clients? In fact, I said independent um, financial advisor. Of course, you're with Sterling Wealth at the moment. Yeah, I joined them a week ago. It's been fascinating. It's a really great group of people. And as I think I said to you last week, they have a lot of their clients' money offshore. So to answer the question, what are we doing? I continue to be really worried about the South African economy. Um, not the only one, obviously. But when I look at government's plans for to increase the economy and get growth going, you know, I just there's a lot of talk and not a lot of, not a lot of action. As you know, Tito is going to be addressing us, I think, next week sometime with the medium-term budget policy statement and big fears about tax increases and, you know, where's the money coming from and who's going to pay for all this government spending. And I, I continue to really worry about South Africa, and I think growth here just remains dreadful. So I think investors have to put their money offshore. I mean, it's not trying to scare them. I just think there's better growth opportunities offshore. And yes, the currency might you know, strengthen. But it's hard to believe the RAND would strengthen in isolation if the rest of the world was falling apart. So even if the RAND strengthens, if you have money offshore, chances are those assets are also going up. We particularly like at the moment, interestingly enough, um, emerging markets in Asia. 
Uh, I think I know that in 91 I've spoken a lot about the Asia growth story in the future, and I happen to agree with them. I think that's where we have some fantastic growth stories, especially on tech. And I saw a fascinating graph this week of the Nasdaq versus the Shenzhen. I saw that. Like, yes, you, you you tweeted that. Yeah, that was a good graph, and it was startling the the correlation between the two. Absolutely startling. I don't think many people listening to this call would realise that if you put your money in the Shenzhen or the Nasdaq, you pretty much got the same returns this year, and yet they're very different markets. So I think going forward, the Chinese tech stories may be very interesting. I think people are not paying enough attention in the US to increase tax rates, particularly if Biden wins. But but more importantly, I think people aren't paying any attention to uh, the big breakup of tech. Um, there is massive antitrust regulation coming, I think, in the U.S. You've got huge income inequalities. These big tech companies are not paying taxes and they have massive monopolies. I think going forward, there might be some changes there. However, in China, the, their stated aim is to be the number one tech country in the world by 2030, I think it is. They're going to want global champions, and I don't think they're going to break up their big tech chi- uh, champions. So I think if you're looking for the tech story, I think maybe Asia is a better place to go. So that, so we're saying to clients, put your money offshore, start looking to Asian markets. I think there's some good opportunities there. And, and then I've also said to you a few times, Lindsay, I still think SA bonds make a lot of sense. Yes, we have currency risk. Yes, we have debt risks here. But in the medium term, the kind of interest rates you're getting relative to inflation in South Africa are still very, very compelling. The longer end, I agree, might be a little bit scarier, but the medium-term part of the bond market in South Africa still gives you very compelling yields. And I think a lot of people have forgotten just how much interest rates have been cut in this country in the last year. So if you in the past, you just had to put your money into money market, you did very well. I think those days are gone. You need to start taking a bit more risk to get some yield. And I think the SA bond market gives that to you. So that's that continues to be my argument. Have it for offshore you know, you can still like the NASP passes than 10 cents of the world. Just buy it an emerging market equity fund. You don't have to buy it in the JSC. And if you're more adventurous and you have more time on your hands, you can follow a couple of articles that I've seen the headlines of. I didn't drill down into them, but uh, they were saying that, yeah, FANG stocks are great and they've served you very well. And uh, there are lots of stocks outside of FANGs that have done the same, mainly based in the United States of America, because Europe has, has really fallen behind. But they said, now's the time to start looking at the Chinese tech companies in terms of valuations, and because they're playing catch-up so rapidly that... Uh, perhaps they provide better value and may actually overtake the United States or certain laggards in the United States and come to the fore. There may be a group of stocks that have their own acronym, uh, similar to FANGs, coming out of China or that region anyway. So one to look well, at. Didn't we have the BATS, Lindsay? Was that two years ago? The BATS was the big term um, coming out of, I think, I think it was the BATS, the FANGs and the BATS. Anyhow, you, you do have some of these Asian tech giants coming through, Alibaba, uh, Baidu, Tencent, etc. So there's still some very good companies out there with valuations that are a bit more interesting. Look, they're still not cheap, no. <laughs> but, the, but their valuations are not terrible either. And, you know, I also think people talk about tech, but there's artificial intelligence, which China is sort of front forerunner in. There's electronic vehicles. They're doing incredibly well. In, and clean energy. China is trying very hard to be sort of a leader in clean energy going forward. And if you think about the huge demand for ESG funds at the moment, environmental, social and governance, mm. I think China could surprise the world with its kind of lead on clean tech. So there's, a, there's lots of opportunities there. I mean, clearly, again, you don't want all your money in China because China does have issues, <laughs> a big debt problem that we know about. But if you don't want to have all your money in the fangs and you're looking for other opportunities, I, I think Asia it certainly gives that to you. Joan, thanks so much for your time. That's Joan Bainham from Sterling Private Wealth. 
The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.